we're going to be taking you through the progress of our black comedy feature film. Who are you, by the way? Nobody, nobody knows who we are. <laughs> Look at yourselves, they're realistically here. Nobody's going to give you that money. Nobody. You don't know who the fuck you are. It's a complete risk. You are unknown. This is our first feature film, something we're going to do together. Uh, you're going to get it warts and all. For now, you're just some pair of videos like everyone else. So <laughs> <laughs> we just go into it? I kind of think we could. This is DIY Cinema Cult. Hello, Mark. Hello, Aaron. How are you? How have oh, things been, mate? I've What's missed you. I've missed you. Yeah. It's we've been... had a proper kind of, uh, we've had a little break, I suppose. We, we went on a summer holiday. <laughs> we were on our holly bobs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we had a break, didn't we? We had a kind of a, I didn't think we even talked about that we were going to have a break, but we just kind of had a break in august we we, we were on a break me and you yeah we were we were, relationship we were giving break. Each, uh, we were giving giving each other a break we were just having a break from each other uh but you were <laughs> you went away you did some family stuff you were yeah it was our first we went we went up to liverpool on the train and so it was going to be our first well my first trip on a bus yeah and tube and train since you know since the start of lockdown since march yeah. so we decided to take a camera along and we sh- did some shooting and we made it into a weird little dystopian sci-fi movie it's great Have you been uh, keeping creative recently the last since i've seen you anything well, go- it was kind of i had a little bit of sort of time off the dock uh during the sort yeah. of August because um a few things happened it kind of gave me a sense that i kind of needed to give it a little bit of space uh, I'd been working, you know, pretty hard on it, um, sort of running up to August, but then obviously going away a little bit more. Um, and it was be useful, actually, because it's given me a bit of an appetite for it yeah. again. But uh, having said that, since coming back and, you know, raring to go on the documentary and our projects, um, I've been avalanched with work for the first time, like work, work yeah, for the yeah. first time in, um, in two months. So from nothing, uh, I now have far, far too much. I think everybody's decided... I've got a budget to spend. Um, the apocalypse isn't going to happen just yet. Quick, make some films. Uh, but not much in the shooting, but but quite a lot in the kind of editing side of things. How about how about you? Are you busy? Yeah, yeah, I've been busy as well. I guess we need to count ourselves very lucky, don't we, being freelancers? Um, uh, it's been quite a busy period for, for me too. And then also write, uh, writing, like I'm rewriting The Old Man at the moment um, yeah. in the light of maybe locking possibly locking down some certain locations. So I'm rewriting it around locations that we may be shooting in. And then, um, yeah, no, it's been, it's been a nice exercise actually, because I'm, tr- I'm just trying to strip it down. Like I had a lot, I've looked back on the script and I've, I've taken out a lot of um, plugs. <laughs> yeah, plot actually. It's weird because I can't. I guess you, you come up with these kind of ideas that I've, you know, like old man is quite a character-driven idea. Yeah, yeah, it is. But then in the writing, you kind of go right. Well, then this could happen. Then that can happen. That can happen. You just fill it all up with plots. So I, I, I took the scripts and I applied a little um, plot remover. Just oh. sprinkled it on. Is that uh, like a plug-in you can get for yeah. kind of for? Uh, you, just, for no, you, know. you just sprinkle it on, comb it through, leave it for twenty-four hours, then you vacuum it out, and oh. the plot, and the plot is gone, Aaron. It's vanished. Oh, is it, is it like an AI that you can kind of apply <laughs> yeah. to your script writing software of choice? No, no, no. I, 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 I basically just went through the scripts and went right. This, it, it's lots of lovely stuff that I liked, but I was like, this is really plotty this is just mm. me kind of trying to drum up things that they can experience as they can go through and actually once I, once i took all these plot points out it just breathed loads of life into the uh into the script and in most importantly the characters so yeah. um uh, I'll, uh, I'll yeah i look forward to sending sending them through to you but they seem a bit more open now and a bit more breezy i think yeah. but yeah we'll see we'll see well it, particularly is because the old man is in a way is there to um to kind of get us going, isn't it? So that, you know, yeah. the idea of the project is something that's achievable and uh, plot, let's face it, always is like somebody going from one place to another or some things happen and this takes, this always seems to add production in some ways, but conversations yeah. 
can happen anywhere. They can be flexible. Uh, yeah. And character, obviously things that happen to people can affect their character, but generally, in, it's particularly in, you know, comedy, I guess, uh, generally performance it's, is, is um, all about the relationships between the two uh, characters. And uh, in some way, you know, you don't need the trappings that you would with a, a, a more plot-heavy film. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And, and and what I felt was happening was I felt there was lots of plot that I'd kind of um, I'd kind of ladled onto the the characters that wasn't necessarily genuine to those particular characters. It wasn't coming from them necessarily. It was stuff that mm. I would I was kind of imposing on onto them. So once I kind of took certain chunks of that out. Then I was like, oh, the characters had a bit of space to kind of, you know, you go, all oh, right, what would these characters really do in this situation? You know, if they're yeah. alone in a caravan on their own for a second, what, what, what are they going to say in the car journey? You know, at first it was like, because of these characters and the relationship they've had, the car journey would be quite quiet, actually. I had lots of dialogue kind of going in. And, I was, and you know, I suddenly went, actually, that's not quite genuine. You know, you start to get to the crux of the actual characters and uh, what would really be going on between them rather than trying to impose plot on, on them. So it's been quite a good exercise, actually, in terms of yeah. just kind of rewriting and, and redrafting scripts. So um, the producer in me obviously is quite happy that you've probably got rid of that whole scene in the Death Star. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the, uh, when the aliens attack. And uh, we've no longer got kind of, you know, uh, flying robots or anything like that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, good, good. Just lots of talking. In a Just bus lots shelter. of talking. Yeah, yeah, lots of talking in a caravan. Yeah, it's nice <laughs> and cheap. <laughs> caravan sounds expensive. Can we slim it down anymore? You know? Yeah. <laughs> What else has been happening? Have you been? Have you watched or seen anything inspiring, sort of on in a kind of a DIY uh, cinema kind of way recently? I saw um, Host by Rob Rob Savage, which was a great uh, film shot in. Oh yeah, we, we're lockdown. hoping to get him on the show, aren't we? We're hoping to uh, chat to, to to Rob. He's a very busy man for obvious obvious reasons. His film has just kind of blown up, and it is a spectacular film. Um, yeah. It's it's really a, a great achievement, and he shot it completely in lockdown. It's a very scary uh, horror, and uh, yeah, it's, it's available to see on Shudder, which is like a kind of a, you know Netflix for for horror fans. They show loads of great. Uh, you know contemporary horror old horror from the 70s 60s uh, yeah. classics so yeah go and check it out fantastic well we hope to get him on because it's that's it's almost like the classic uh lockdown movie we we even talked about it what what kind of idea could we have that's a sort of lockdown we plot? were talking about it yeah and something yeah. that could be done over zoom is there some kind of zoom thing and you know yeah, we, we even sent each other a few kind of ideas didn't we we that... did we did and i think a lot of filmmakers were probably having the exact same chat but rob yeah. uh, and it and his kind of and his the collaborators were the guys that 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 properly nailed it he's gone and done it good for yeah. him you are listening to the debut feature film podcast. This is DIY Cinema Cult. So I've spotted that we've got um, one of our uh, award winners in the current waiting room. Oh, let's have, let's have them in for a little chit-chat. Yeah, so we've only got Charlotte, it seems, at the moment in the uh, in the waiting room. Should we okay. wait for her partner in crime to arrive as well? Or we is could that have Charlotte. Weird? We could talk, come on in for a little drink. And then we, we could get little... Charlotte for a quick drink, shouldn't we? Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if we get Charlotte in now. Aha! Hello, Charlotte. Hello, Charlotte. <laughs> How are you doing? Is it Aaron or Aaron? Aaron, yeah, yeah. Annoyingly, I, I'm one, I've got one of those names that people correct me. They go, oh, hi, Aaron. I go, it's, it's Aaron, actually. Go, oh, what, you mean Aaron? Yeah. <laughs> I get that all the time. I blame my my hippie mother for, for uh, giving me the specific expression there. That's fine. 
Aaron is good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been uh, really enjoying all of your um, your self recorded stuff recently. Charlotte. Yes, it's been cracking me up. At least somebody is. Yeah, it's now. I tell you what, it's been cracking me up. Particularly your latest incarnation, which we will we'll obviously put links to uh, to uh, you know on the site and everything of your your uh, Liverpudlian. But uh, where's she from? This character, this amazing. Oh, Instagram. that's a good question. Uh, I think loosely was saying Merseyside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Perhaps Crosby. Oh, wow, that nice. is quite specific. Yeah. Because I've been to um, Crosby Beach. Uh, I don't know if the Gormley statues are still on there. I think they are, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just incredible there. So, yeah, it's got a special place in my heart. Yeah. So why not? Yeah, she, stri- she strikes me as maybe like an ex-girl band member. Is that the kind of vibe you're going for? <laughs> yeah, she, she gets confused um, as, uh, what's her name? Nadine from Girls right. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, Understandably uh, so, yeah. Well, uh, I think we've all got, we've got your partner in crime who's just arrived in the waiting oh. room. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let her in. Right, Hello, is. Danny. <laughs> so guys, so guys, tell us a little bit about yourselves. You're both very talented uh, actors, clearly, and you're winners. You're glorious winners of our winners, the DIY winners. Cinema Cult One Minute Film Festival. But um, yeah, maybe start with you, Charlotte. Tell us about yourself. Your kind of what what's going on in your life, career wise, and stuff. Um, well, uh, for a long time, I worked in TV, actually, up until 2012. I had about a 15 year career in TV production. Oh, wow. And then the lure of acting was just too strong. I was working at the BBC and they offered redundancies. So I took redundancy and never looked back. Excellent. Fantastic. um, Because uh, Danny and I are in a similar position because we're a certain type. We're sort of a little bit sometimes a bit stuck in the commercial world right and so that's why we love doing this yeah. didn't we because it was um it was just so nice to do something completely different yeah and uh a bit dark yeah. whereabouts, whereabouts so, were you in the bbc were you at tv center or, or? yeah main, mainly tv center yeah, yeah most of the time a, a little bit up the road um on the white city complex i don't know what it's called now yeah broadcast center the, or uh, the broadcast center and the media center, media center yeah I think <laughs> Uh, but mainly to TV centre, and I loved it. You know, I, I I was very happy there, but just uh, didn't want to be there when I was sixty five with dust on my shoulders. Yes, because so. there's a lot of people there who are sixty five with <laughs> dust on their shoulders. <laughs> yeah, and I sort of saw my future mapped out, and I thought, nah, yeah. I've got to get out, get out while the going's good. Yeah. And what about you, Danny? What's your kind of background? Um, well, I've been doing commercial stuff for most of my career, really. I used to do a lot of modelling when I was younger and lived abroad for quite a while. Um, and since coming back to London, I've been doing more acting. But as Charlotte said, we tend to do a lot of commercial stuff. Uh, yeah. We actually met on a Garnier commercial. Where, uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's a story there, I can tell. There's a story. Yeah, we, uh, there was quite a few of us. And we went to have our hair dyed and everyone was kicking off about their hair. Me included. <laughs> Prima donna. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah. That was five years ago, wasn't it? Five years ago. It was five years ago. Wow. Time flies. Oh. I mean, you're both both kind of actors. So how the hell has lockdown treated you for work? Because, I mean, you know, one of, one of the... Some industries seem to have been absolutely fine and others have completely ground to a, uh, a halt. So how has the whole covid stuff affected you as actors doing stuck commercials and things it's been pretty tough <clears throat> personally i i'm quite lucky because i've got a little home voiceover studio oh, yeah. so i've done um bits and pieces of voiceover not by no means loads but that sort of has kept me ticking over but in terms of commercials it's been it's been dry <laughs> yeah i bet <laughs> not been a lot going on has the done no, it's, pick, it's picking up a little bit i've had a few auditions yeah. uh this week a couple but yeah, mm. I mean, early on, everything just completely stopped. It's just waiting for it all to start up again, I guess. And I know, I know you do some videos together as well, some kind of comedy sketches and stuff. Is that a regular thing? Do you guys kind of collaborate quite a lot? We did um, before lockdown, obviously, because we don't live that far from each other. So generally, it would be along the lines of, I've got a new wig. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I've got Great reason. <laughs> The, the basis of most of our characters and our sketches were, were wigs. So um, we just get together and stick our wigs on and come up with an idea and then just improv. <laughs> yeah, we love a bit of improv. Bit yeah. Cut our brows on the sofa, <laughs> put, the, put the iPhone on and see what happens. <laughs> it's quite liberating for comedy actors, actually, is in, 
you know, I've sort of obviously noticed there's been a real rise in the kind of uh, the sort of work that you you guys are doing, and you know, Bob Mortar and and stuff is that you don't have to think about production value to the same level because obviously it's all about performance. Comedy can can be done with very little production value with a with a phone camera as long as the characters are good and as long as there's an interesting kind of a uh, bit of you know a dynamic between the characters. Yeah, yeah. I love. Bob Mortimer's train guys. Oh, it's amazing, so, isn't it? Yeah. When that turns up on Instagram, I'm like, oh my God, it's another one. It's just so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Alcohol lols. Yeah. And I think he loved, I've, I've heard an interview of, of his saying that he loves doing uh, Instagram and YouTube or or Twitter videos because it's just like before you'd never get the chance to broadcast characters or sketches like that. But he can just throw exactly. stuff off the internet and see what works. And then, then yeah, it doesn't it, have to be polished. Yeah. You can it out and see what the reaction is and sometimes you think oh this one this one won't go down that well and it's you get a really good response so it's just nice to test the water with it yeah and i mean has anything anything like that that you've done in that kind of instagram kind of you know thrown up sort of way um has anything of that sort of turned into commercial work in some ways people have seen stuff and gone oh i like that And, and it's you know as in is it a kind of a showreel in some weird way for commercial stuff it's generally the first place people go now isn't it for actors and photographers and whatever like anyone in the creative industry they go straight on instagram and check out what you've been doing so i don't think it hurts um and it is an easier way than actually doing a show reel. <laughs> i think yeah, my instagram is probably a better showcase than my actual show reel sometimes well show reels date so quickly don't they so oh, it's yeah. nice to be I, I was once on a job, um, I don't know, probably nine months ago, and one guy said, basically told me I'd got the job on the strength of a video he'd seen. I mean, this doesn't happen very often, but, but you know, that did happen once. So that was nice to know that he'd, you know, you, I think it's because you can show a bit of your, more of your personality. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of the time, because of the work Danny and I do, it's all a bit bland. Yeah. <laughs> a bit yeah. glossy sometimes and... So I think people can have a preconceived idea about you. So it's nice to show, you know, your other, the real you. Yeah. Yeah. Bland and glossy, but goodness me, it pays the bills. And we can't, <laughs> and can't lock it. <laughs> I think years ago it used to. It's not not so much these days. Yeah. So well, do, do you both write as well? Do you both write material? Or is I mean, you, you said in, you said improv and and that. Okay. Yeah, I think it's more more improv. Actually, Dan, Danny, um, we did a short called Getaway Car. I don't I don't know if you've seen it. And and Danny wrote that. It was that was brilliant. She's more of a writer than I am. Yeah, I quite like writing. I like writing dialogue. Um, we've come up with ideas together before and we sort of come up with a general idea and then I'll actually write it, which is what we did with Getaway Car. So that was really cool. That was the first time we sort of auditioned another actor. Uh, yeah. With us. Um, we found a great guy on, on Mandy. Yeah, um, yeah. Was really he, he was brilliant, real fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just all fun really, isn't it? It's all a work in progress. And I think because we do the bland and glossy stuff for work, it's nice, it's great <laughs> that... Charlotte and I got together and we both kind of trust each other and work together really well. And, you know, we're not afraid to say to each other, I don't really think that works or whatever. So it's quite quite a good little partnership, really. And it's quite rare, I think. I mean, no offence to anybody else who works in the industry, but it's just quite rare to find someone who's, you know, on that real wavelength, on your wavelength. So Mm. it was, I was very chuffed to meet Danny and, you know, find out that she was up for mucking around. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I'd do without her, really. Oh, <laughs> I'm home oh. on my own with my phone. Yeah. <laughs> it, with the intermittent kind of frame dropping, I can see she's she's actually blushing at this moment. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about uh, Sanchi. So obviously winner of our, uh, or co-winner of our One Minute yes. uh, Freaky Film Festival. Uh, it was, of course, going to be the only winner until we had that very late entry. I know. We were like, oh, my God. We, we thought we were in with it. We thought we were there. We were gonna get, and then that came in at the last minute, like, check! Yeah, the yeah. trophy. I know, but it's all, it was, it, I think it was sort of a nice kind of blend because your film was very sort of dark and it had a kind of interesting, um, you know, cyclical. There's like, is it a loop? You know, it's a kind of smart, like, mm-hmm. conceptual idea in there. So talk, talk a little bit about coming up with the the idea, particularly, obviously, as it was a um, a kind of locked down idea. Danny? <laughs> <laughs> well, I I came up with the initial idea of the fight, like the social distance Yes, fight. that's true. Um, I thought that would be quite good visually. 
Because yeah. mm. I used to play a lot of Tekken as well and Street Fighter when I was a teenager. <laughs> and, you know, the characters are sort of jumping and they're about to fight and then they're quite far away. Yeah. From them. That was the initial idea. And then... Um, We've both talked about wanting to do something on a loop, hadn't yeah. we? Like a while back, we'd actually talked about doing a little short film around the time we were doing Getaway Car, um, something that repeated. So mm. we knew yeah. we, we quite liked that idea. So we were just going to like completely improvise it. But then I think on the day, I think we decided we needed a shot list. Um, so we did have a, a rough structure, didn't yeah. we? But we, we talked about the fight but, and then Charlotte said maybe we should have a little bit more of a narrative and then I think you had a little look around your house, didn't you, and found the monkey? Oh, yeah. I thought I, I, I'd like one of the characters to, to have something that the other one wants. Mm. Oh, yeah. And I asked my husband if he had anything, a little talisman type thing, and he had the three monkeys. I was like, oh, that's perfect. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so we had that. And yeah. I bought a, um, what's it called? A gimbal. Oh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so we... because. So that was really handy. It gave it a slight, I mean, it still looks like it's shot on an iPhone, but it's got a slightly smoother look. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Um, and I love the music. Where is, is the music from? Well, the music is down to my husband <gasps> and his... Oh! <laughs> you know what? That makes me so happy because I love the music. And then I was like, have they just lifted it from somewhere? You know, have, have, no. they, have they nicked it off a film and I haven't realised? It sounded Not very Nick. John Carpenter to me. Yeah. Like, yeah, um, he's, he's, he's got a real... He's a filmmaker, but he's got a real amazing. talent. Amazing. In the musical department, and we spent two nights. One night, sort of making sounds, and he he had a few things in a library that we sort of went through. And I said, "Oh yeah, I like that. I like that library of his own stuff." Yeah. And and then I described the kind of vibe that we wanted, and then the next night we laid it to the picture. So that was a really fun couple of nights, actually. Yeah. And um, so yeah, it's his work, but so I did. I do feel like I was involved in the direction of it, yeah, and yeah. I I like that kind of retro vibe with the music as well. Yeah, I so. loved it. It was great. I think I think the whole thing had a kind of flavour of a kind of folk horror from the seventies in some yeah. sort of yeah. way. And uh, you know, we we've talked about that in previous episodes. We we interviewed um Prano Bailey Bond and about talked about horror movies and things on on the podcast. And you know, it's our kind of favorite flavor of sort of horror, those kind of 70s, mm -hmm. uh, slightly psychological. Um, yeah. you know, you you know, there's there's a bit of blood and guts, but that's not the main kind of point, you know. Um but what I thought was really good was and and you know, smartly done was that you um you managed to make the fight socially distanced. Yeah. <laughs> we were abiding by all the rules. We were being good. Yeah, we were even disinfecting the gimbal when we had to pass yeah. it to each other. <laughs> because at the time, I guess, of shooting it, because you, you, you kind of it said... Was it was peak lockdown. Lockdown, yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, yeah. When, when did we, it was towards the end of May, I think. When, it was beautiful weather, yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was still everybody was really like, you know, staying in and... yeah. Yeah, but but the, the, the conceit, the conceit, the fact that the powers that you had over each other kind of needed two meters apart. I thought it was really kind of smart. Yeah, yeah. You're making yeah, a really virtue. Were, but that was all Danny's idea. Yeah, I think you're making a virtue of the fact that uh, you had to stay two meters apart, and you sort of turned it into part of the story, which I thought was. Uh, I thought it was was very DIY in its thinking and uh, using what you have. Yeah, that's that's what I loved about it was that it was clearly it was clearly a lockdown film in the sense that it wasn't trying to pretend to not look like a lockdown film. Yeah. It was that you had these had a chase and a fight scene where you clearly had to be separate physically and shoot it in that way as well. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I think we enjoyed the fight a bit too much actually. <laughs> <laughs> Any funny looks from passers-by or what? <laughs> There is actually a guy in one shot in the background. You can just see him. And I think he's sort of going, what's going on there? We actually had a deleted scene that didn't make it into the final cut. And I love that. Because oh. we were leaving, as we were walking yeah. back, it was getting dark. Um, and we were going back and it was like the sun was just setting over the river. And we, was, was it by a bridge? I can't remember. Yeah, it was Richmond, Richmond Bridge. Bridge yeah. And it was really muddy. And we were like, should we just set up the camera and fight again here? And Charlotte was like, <laughs> <laughs> So we did that. And there were a lot more people sort of, well, the odd person walking past looking. Yeah, that's true. Two yeah. like grown women <laughs> pretending to fight. <laughs> by, uh, Blattering mud everywhere. <laughs> I, like, I don't want to get my dress dirty. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't get anyone stepping in to break it up. <laughs> We've all had a few drinks. Come on. <laughs> 
two meters apart though yeah, still. yeah. Well, i don't think i'm scared but no not not much of a threat there's a, there's a there's a funny moment on your instagram i think it is charlotte um where you where you uh, danny's kind of saying right throw your head back throw your head back or something like that and you kind of go oh no, i don't really want to because it's really like no, i've got a real brain. thing about like, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I feel like my brain moving around, I'm sure, inside. <laughs> so you guys, you weren't tempted to do a comedy for the One Minute Freaky Film Fest because that's kind of obviously your forte. Well, it's a lot of what you do. We we, we, we joked regularly that it was going to look like a French and Saunders <laughs> For us, everything we do is funny. Like everything Charlotte does is really funny to me, even when she's doing serious things. So the chasing after each other was hilarious when we watched it back. We were like, this is really funny. How is it going to read as, you know, scary or freaky? Yeah. But I think once it all came together, I think when you put that kind of music on it, and I think it all just came together in the end. And yeah. no, no one mm. said that it felt... Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I really thought somebody like, on Instagram. Yeah, we, we meant to. <laughs> <But> we, yeah. <laughs> you, I thought you, someone you decided to it. take off the Benny Hill theme tune and <laughs> get Charlotte's husband to do the soundtrack. <laughs> I want to hear that now. I want to hear that. We've got to it. Hear does it does just go to show the power of music, you yeah. know, and how yeah. it can how it can change something. Yeah. So, I mean, what kind of uh, tips would you give people, you know, sort of uh, for making something that's kind of, you know, literally with your mates? What, what, how, what do you think is a process? If people are feeling a bit stuck, as in, I don't, wanna, I don't know what to do, I want to make something I don't know what to do. How, how do you get ideas going, I suppose? Ooh, that's a good question, isn't it? Well, often it's with wigs, as Danny said, <laughs> but no wigs were included in the making of Sanchi. Um, a, lot of it, a lot of it is costume, actually, for me. Yeah. All improv, like, because sometimes we'll be like, oh, these wigs are really good. We're going to do scouse hairdressers. And then we put them on, and then we turned into like horsey sort of posh women. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think just go with your instinct, as boring as, as it sounds, you know. And if you've got a little idea, like when we came up just with the fight and then we kind of, you know, worked from that. Um, yeah. And just. And don't be afraid about what people think, yeah. you know, don't, don't worry. Because I think as long as you're creating, it's just. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. You know? I admire anyone who, who maybe puts an idea down and, and gets it made. Is there anything you kind of learned yourself uh, um, about filmmaking, I guess, under, under such weird conditions? Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I remember. Yeah, bring snacks. Snacks. <laughs> um, Yeah, I think a, a little a little bit of planning yes. goes a long way. Mm. Just a little bit. I mean, you can tell I've never done a storyboard. Before. They're nicer than mine, I have to say. <laughs> I literally cannot draw, but um, but they, what it did turn out to be really helpful. Yeah. Mm. And also, you know, I realised uh, I learned that you always have to do like shoot around things don't just shoot the shot in your head shoot it from the side shoot the reverse you know and mm. you always need to shoot more than you think I think and mm. and we ended up doing it over two days didn't we we thought yeah. we were going to nail it in one evening and also check the tides <laughs> <laughs> we got there and the tide was up and we were like oh there's no beach we wanted to be in the water didn't we we wanted the fight to be in yeah. the water um but that didn't really work out uh, because of the tides and also because it was locked down and just you know the logistics of it didn't really work but yeah i would say definitely some planning and uh, yeah i didn't even think about tides so we had to go back the next day for the uh, beach scene but also we forgot <laughs> to put the blood on our faces i mean i wish we'd put more on actually it wasn't mm. real blood yeah, danny danny made that blood Ketchup and oh <laughs> What's the what was the substance that you made it from? I think it was a bit of ketchup and a bit of um, soy sauce. Soy sauce. Mm. I can Great. I can testify to that because it went up my nose. Oh, <laughs> that sounds like the stuff that you put on Japanese omelettes—a combination of soy sauce yeah. and ketchup. It was quite tasty. Yeah. It wasn't too bad. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you basically made a kind of uh, what's what's it called? An okinomiyaki sauce, and you covered it. Covered each other's face, yeah. <laughs> In okinomiyaki sauce. So that's our filmmaking tip for the day, then. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we think it's a fantastic film. I have to say, we were really chuffed Thank when you, you when you. Uh, yeah, sub- well done, guys. And uh, big congratulations. And there's actually a small prize. <gasps> there is. is that- there is. So I, I made very early on when we were figuring out our DIY cinema cult logo, I made a bunch of screen prints. Uh, Aaron's got one in his office. You can see it behind him there. 
I've got one in mind, but we are going to give you guys both. I think we've got, I think I've got enough to give you one each. We're going to give you a deal. Oh, oh, that's amazing. Thank Brilliant. you. There yeah. you go. You. Love it. And we'll write a little lovely message on it for you. And Oh, thank you. Or something. But yeah, no. I put that on my wall. You're very welcome. <laughs> it's our version in a non-creepy way of the Jim will fix it badge, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm chuffed with that. Yeah, in, I mean, in 20 right. years' time, they'll be worth literally nothing. They'll so. be literally <laughs> worth the paper that they were printed on. Uh, so you know, it's an investment in in some way. But um, uh, massive, massive thanks for coming on the show. Uh, it's been fantastic having you on. Thanks for having um, Thank you. Thank you for inviting what's us. What's next for you? Just before we leave, what's next? Anything of interest oh. happening next? Working on Sanshi too, I think. Oh, yes. the whole thing see. in reverse. Yeah, actually, Danny, you've got a little thing on, in the pipeline, haven't you, well, I, that I'm going to film for yeah, you? Yeah, I've written a little very short horror that I want to make. Um, I'd never really done horror before, so Sanchi was my first foray into that, really. And I think that only the folk horror thing only became apparent to me after that. And I think it's just because of the dress I was wearing. Um, if I'd been wearing tra trainers and jeans in Sanchi, it might have been different. But yeah, so I wanted to maybe write something a bit darker and move away from mm. comedy a little bit. So yeah, I'm working on a horror film now. So Ooh, very nice. Fantastic. Well, oh, we really well, well, let us know. Like, keep in contact and let us know how it goes. Yeah, We'd love sure. to kind of um, shout about oh, your we'll stuff. Do. Well, we, we we follow the Facebook group and uh, Instagram and everything. So yeah. where where can people find you and and your um, various sketches and stuff? Do you? Do you uh, well, we're both on Insta. I'm made in Sheffield on Instagram. I'm at Danny um, Face. <laughs> Danny Face. Yes. Right, That's a good name. I should change it. But... <laughs> 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 That's what it says on the tin there. Let's face it. There we go. You can't change it now. You can't change it now. <laughs> well, fantastic to hear from you guys. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you on. And I hope you enjoy the prints. I hope they go in the background oh, somewhere you. so that whenever you're doing a Zoom call, somebody can see them in the background. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and... Good luck with all of your. How did you? How did you describe it? Uh, sunny commercial work with the <laughs> phrase that yeah. you used. Bland, shiny, bland, shiny bland, bland commercial. Yeah, paying the bills. Yeah, we're both trying to desperately break out of it, but uh, yeah. But at the moment, yeah. any work will do. So. All work is useful, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, indeed. Yeah. Well, good luck with that, and then good luck with your future projects of a more kind of arty, creative, comedic, and dark horror nature. So. Thanks. Thank nice you guys. Thank you so Thanks much for coming on, guys. Cheers, okay. guys. Bye. 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 You are listening to DIY Cinema Cult. Ah, that was good. Well done, Danny and Charlotte. That well done, Danny and Charlotte. That was lovely to have them on. They were lovely ladies and um, they were very kind of, it was great to hear a bit about their kind of creative process. And uh, interesting to hear that Danny's kind of thinking of branching out into a bit of bit of horror there. That kind of sounds sounds yeah. fascinating. And mm -hmm. I, lo I, loved, I love the fact that they, I'm, I mean, I'm quite chuffed personally, they put so much effort into our film, the film for our film festival, specially made for our festival. So, um, I Thank know. You. Thank you, Danny and Charlotte. I, I, as a bit of a muser as well, I wanted to um, play you with liked his rig. You liked her husband's background. rig. In the yeah, the husband's yeah. rig. There was all <laughs> sorts of interesting uh, knobs to twiddle there and buttons to press. <laughs> I uh, I could kind of get the vibe. There was a whole modular synth thing going on in the background. Yeah, so, uh, we'll have to get his details actually for possible music for films in the future. Yeah, absolutely. So the other person we need to get on the show, and we'll maybe do this as a little edit, but the other person we need to get on the show is is our good friend Jeff. Jeff, we need to chat to Jeff. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's uh, he obviously made a lovely film with his daughter during lockdown. So in a way, it's a lovely sort of story to that because it's so touching, wasn't it? My it heart really, melted when I saw that. I know, really, really was, and some sort of seemed to sort of sum up the kind of mood of the nation, somewhat kind of yeah. baffled by this new reality we're in. And from a child's it, point of view, you know, watching it all kind of unfold. Yeah, yeah it's it's this wonderful film. So um, yeah, we look forward to getting Jeff on the show as well. You are listening to the debut feature film podcast. This is DIY Cinema. Show me the process. 
So, they, so people can see how bloody authentic their screen print is that they've got as a prize. Did you, is it screen printed? Yeah. Uh, no, it's a uh, lino cut. So I've cut a lino block of the logo. Yeah. Um, and then I've, and then you roll the ink on and press the paper on. So, Yeah. Um, offset lino? What does that mean? It's just it's just a weird phrase that I remember from being at school. Offset lino. <laughs> if you like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Offset to the left. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it's one of those things that's stuck in my head. We're going to do offset lino today. Offset today, kids. Offset yeah. lino day. Offset lino. Mum, it's offset lino day. Yay! Yeah. Just wear your own clothes. And you used to have a little knife thing. Like, yeah. I don't know how you do You're like a little knife thing. You sort of gouge yes, out. Yes, that's what I did. Bit. This is what I did. Look, I'll show oh. you. Look, I cut. It's. There you oh, go. My gosh. So that's it. Obviously, backwards and upside down. Yeah. That's it. And then you that. kind of. Uh, and then you just roll the ink on. Yeah. Get it on paper. Bob's your uncle. Bob's your barnet. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, and I think the authenticity level of it is like skyrocketing because it looks like a genuine thing from 1981 or something. Yeah. Well, that's what I wanted for DIY cinema cult. And, yeah. of, course, and of course, it's, you know, that it's that lino cut that we see on all our logos everywhere. So on Spotify, on whatever wherever we are you know apple yeah. podcasts i want i wanted our logo to be wherever we are online or on a tablet but to be an actual old school lino print yeah i love it I rather think... than it just be a font that we just t tap out or whatever. no plugins uh no photoshop no you... plugins a bit like our you know diy cinema cult plot remover which we should probably start selling yeah well you know we've talked in previous episodes yeah, we talked in previous episodes about kind of plot generators, you know, like these books that basically tell you how to make a plot. And the most recent one of that I saw on No Film School, a website that I go to uh, fairly regularly, yeah. we both talked about, is apparently the eight-point plot device. Oh, someone's added another point. Yeah. Another point or two, yeah. Eight two point points, one. yeah. Yeah, a couple of more, you know, it's always good to have more, isn't it? Mine goes up to 11 and all that. Um, yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, you know, a generator, something you just hit a button and it kind of generates your plot for you. Ooh. Well, we're all about taking all the plot out. Plot out. Take the plot out. That's what I, I this is, maybe I'm going to write the book and mine's yeah. going to be the one point plot structure. Yeah, yeah. no plot. <laughs> yeah, I, all the plot. I mean, write, by all means, write it all, but then just. Yeah, it's it. all got to go. It's all got to go. It. That's it's the like, step. That's the last step. Just bin everything. Get rid. Get rid of it. Get rid of yeah. it totally. The, you, what I'm reminded of in that sort of, uh, you know, the, you don't get films like that anymore because everything has to be so plot driven, doesn't it? But yeah, build the films of Louis Mao. Have you ever seen any? Of oh them? yeah, yeah. So I, yeah. I remember. Have you ever seen the film Dinner with Andre? Mm. Exactly. I, mean, I was looking at that recently. Yeah. It's a fantastic. If nobody's seen it before, it's one of those films that. Um, you know, I think I remember watching when I was at college and it was sort of, you know, early 80s. Um, in a way, the French kind of uh, had, they were like the kind of opposite of Hollywood filmmaking for a long time because, mm. you know, they had the kind of Nouvelle Vague, which was a sort of like a direct, uh, almost like confronting the um, the Hollywood model in some sense. And then, you know, all of the, the more kind of avant-garde uh, stuff that came from, you know, Goddard and, and Boomwell in a way being part of that. And Louis Mal always thought was like, you know, it's like Zen, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's just a conversation of the two yeah. people sitting around having dinner. But somehow it's absolutely oh, it's kind a, it, of kind so engaging. Watching, you know? Yeah. And it's I, sort I, of theatrical, but, you know, it's still a film, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I was looking at that recently in in regards to just getting my brain working about old man and, and the idea of removing all the plot from it. <laughs> plot uh, and, also, and also I was looking at Tokyo Story by o, Ozu and he's a, oh, very, yeah. he's a very kind of Zen uh, uh, filmmaker. And, you know, and that's just an incredibly beautiful story at a time when, you know, Hollywood was making all these very glamorous films uh, uh, with, with, with movie stars and stuff he just made a film about very simple story about a family and and family dynamics but just beautiful and so engaging and so touching 
where nothing that much happens apart from a family just kind of getting on in their relationships and their dynamics. It's almost like you are peering into someone's house. Yeah. From a single locked off angle, you know. And, and, the, and, the, and, there's, and there's always seems to be, and obviously kind of the Japanese architecture of rooms really lends itself yeah. to that as well. Uh, but but then there'd always be this incredible focal point in the distance. You'd have the characters in the foreground and then there'd be a frame in the background looking out into a street or into the window of the house next door. And mm. Something fascinating would be going on. That's, it's nothing, it's nothing. And Ozu was a big, big believer in, he, he was very Zen in his approach mm. to life. So um, he was a lover of just in a very kind of Buddhist way, just nothing, nothing mm. happening. In a sense, there's a story happening, but also there's nothing mm. happening. There's nothing really going on. And so um, just the mundane and he loved that kind of, he was fascinated by that. Mm. Um, and so in a way, it's just kind of, try, it gets you in a trance just watching these mm. these kind of little vignettes play out. There's, in a way, as mundane and as pared down as Tokyo Stories is, it's not about it being real. It's kind of about it's being hyper-real, isn't it? As in, let's yeah. look at this thing in in a, in a new way. Let's look at this sim- the simplicity of this world in a, in a new way. Like Yeah, and that's a, yeah, exactly. I agree. It's like he was saying, let's focus in on human emotion and experience and let's not even think about cinema or theater or let's mm. not let's not have it referenced you know or influenced by anything let's just look at humans in a room or uh, interacting or having a relationship like what is it what are they experiencing what does that feel like what what you mm. know what what do they really do not what should they do in a script what should what plot point should they hit or what kind mm. of dynamics should they have or what kind of archetype should they play it was in a very real, and like you say, because of that, it was in you know involved in the minutiae of that. It does elevate itself to almost a surreal experience mm. when you watch yeah. it. A kind of heightened, you know, avant-garde. So, what what do you feel like in in uh, the old man? That that uh, where where are those kind of moments? You know, in in terms of the story, what what do you feel? Do you think that's in there, or is that something that you're aiming at with the writing? Well, I'd written stuff in like, or well, maybe they should go out and get. And really pissed up or or, mm. or or have a crazy night and then they lose the ashes and then they have to find them again and yeah and all of this stuff just seems i seemed it seemed to be like yeah that could be a fun sequence that could be funny and interesting mm. but it's not really getting to the crux of you know it's these two guys that have to go on some kind of journey to the point where the dad wishes his ashes to be to be spread and and, and uh, scattered and, and and instead of having all these kind of zany plot occurrences happening what if it is you know what is it like to be uh with a member of your family that maybe that you don't get on with and to be kind of confined in you know the space they're confined in you know once they leave london they're confined in a the car then they're confined in the caravan and you mm. kind of offset that with this kind of out outdoor environment of you know they have to go to a beach and it's very open but at the same time it's all about them getting locked into these tight spaces and what that experience is like and in a way they also go back almost kind of going back in time because Mm -hmm. the caravan has been the family caravan for years so when they go back there they find like old just artifacts from their summer holidays back in the day and experiences with their dad and things that you know the dad own used to own and, and has kept at the caravan and so it's almost like a a, a trip back in time so it's a very kind of it's kind of subjective in, in a way so I, I once i took all the plot stuff out i was like right now i can get in to all mm. of this stuff there's all this rich stuff going on between these these brothers they don't need to to go in a zany uh you know little plot di- you know diversionary plot escapade they can just have all this stuff going on yeah. uh, that they can just deal with and kind of get on with. So it's kind of just brought everything up, up a notch, I think, in terms of the the, the script. Mm. Um, I mean, what have, where have you plundered from? Because obviously you're, you've got a brother. A few nods to your upbringing, albeit obviously it's not autobiographical. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, a little bit, but obviously not like my dad's very much alive and he was a lovely dad and the dad here is horrible and dead. Uh, <laughs> and then the brothers yeah me and my brother on is back we don't we, we get on well when we, we don't you know so it's almost like you kind of take but obviously yes in terms of maybe socially uh you know they come from the same background i guess uh but it's almost like having a st- a touch a touchstone or a starting point that you, that you mm. then build on so, so as you're writing it it feels authentic 
to you, you know, yeah. um, I guess, cause this one, I wanted to, it to be, I wanted to get stuck in and start shooting stuff fairly quickly. So I didn't want to take on anything I had to learn too much about maybe like a social, uh, structure that I needed to kind of research or anything like that. So it's, it's just very much, yeah, kind mm. of what I'm, what I'm well, you know, used to. It's, it's an interesting thought, isn't it? Because I had something recently where, <clears throat> not naming anybody, but um, mm. people started to question the validity of me being the uh, uh, author or the director of my documentary. So Ooh. I won't go into specific details, but people were kind of, that was getting questioned in terms of my, uh, w you know, whether somebody who wasn't uh, at the heart of the story uh, can mm. ever make a story about something that happened. Um and, you know, you know, my opinion obviously is that, well, if that was the case, then all you would ever get is people telling stories from their vantage point yeah. uh, and nobody, you know, nobody would ever tell anything other than their own very specific story. And creative people really is, creative people, what they do is that they form, uh, they pattern recognise, right? They recognise yeah. things. That, that they see in the world. So in a documentary maker, they may be able to see a story uh, mm -hmm. that somebody who was right in the middle of that story couldn't see themselves or couldn't present back to the rest of the world. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's weird that someone's uh, put that to you because I, I don't think it's, you know, in documentary, it's certainly not the case that it's quite rare, actually, that someone who is right in the centre of something can make a well-judged you know, holistic documentary about that subject mm. or that scene or, 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 or that, what have you. Um, I think it takes a kind of more an, ob an objective standpoint in order to, to kind of get, you know, a true picture of what's going on. And, and with narrative stuff, I find, I, f I mean, I've tried before to write a script that was very uh, based on my own experience experiences or character or what have you and I found it I find it awful I find it so yeah. hard to write something that's very close to me I'd much rather write something that's very different and separate to me but um yeah with documentary I think you know you know Asif Kapadia wasn't racing cars with the Ayrton Senna you know it's not <laughs> it's um you know you just need to be able to be a good storyteller We've had we've had mailbag. We've we've had uh, we've had some correspondence. Ah, oh, and it's quite fun. It's correspondence as well, and not just from our mates. Yes. So uh, yeah, obviously, complete stranger. I haven't made this up. This is an authentic uh, someone kind of dialing into us. So so this is Es Anderson at Sins of Cinema. He is on Twitter. So yep. he said. Um, Hi, Wisconsin, Minnesota listener here. Loved Hadi Hajeg's Puritan and Clear Skin. Still need to see Blue Iguana. His next one sounds great. Uh, at your leisure, would you be able to find out if he ever expects to put out a Blu-ray of Puritan and will, we ever, will it ever hit a streaming service or Region 1? So there's our, there's a question for us, Aaron. We've become kind of like CFAX, haven't we? We're, yeah. like, we're like we're like a really slow Google, uh, just for the people who've been on our podcast. I did I did send uh, Hadi a little text. He said, in answer to your question, uh, Mr. E. S. Anderson, he said, um, well, in one word, no. Unfortunately, that's pretty much it for Puritan. Plus, it's it's not something I have control over. But he's glad you enjoyed the film. And he says, do look out for Don't Leave Me next year. This is something that a lot of people don't realise, that the only reason they ever get to see a film is because someone bought it off the maker of the, fil the film. Yeah. So either someone put the money up and then someone was hired to make that film for, for that person or a company or entity, or in, you know, for example, in our case, you you go off make a film and this could be a diy film and then to get it out into people's eyeballs you've either got to manually sort of cinema by cinema put it into those screens or manually put it up on a streaming service yourself and hope people come or you flog it you have to sell it yeah. you have to sell it to uh a a an entity a broadcaster um, a distributor, etc. So, you know, at that point, they've given you some money 
and it's you know maybe it's out of your hands then it's, yeah. that's it it's all gone so no, maybe you know maybe you are very kind of powerful and you manage to retain some rights or some money comes in but generally not and generally you you know once it's gone it's no longer yours yeah so unfortunately Hadi can't really have any kind of say or control in that but unfortunately no it's not really available anywhere but what Hadi did send me after after that answer was a lovely picture of him in the bath <laughs> <laughs> um so i might uh, you know if you want i could send you that es anderson because it's uh, I'm, I'm, i must it is beard only we don't see any and I'm, by that i mean face beard <laughs> <laughs> but i don't i don't think Hadi will really want us to send you that on so we'll probably keep that to ourselves but uh, well you know it could be it, <laughs> well okay yeah i, lo no. I love I love the idea of that being almost like a um, a, a kind of a, a perk of uh, sending a message yeah, in. A picture of, of you know, a face beard, a, a beard picture of Hadi. He's just, he looks very happy. He, he's very, he's full Rasputin in a lovely bubble bath. I mean, what more, <laughs> what more do you want? <laughs> uh, what more do you want indeed? <laughs> yeah, well done, Charlotte. Well done, Danny. And, well done um, to you guys. I loved having you on the show and well done for your brilliant, brilliant film. Absolutely. Uh, and good to see you. And and we could, um, it just strikes me, Mark, that um, we're in a different world now. I, we could just go for a pint. We could go for a pint. Ah, oh, a delicious pint. A Imagine pint that. In a pub. <gasps> Let's go for a pint. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up for that, mate. You're on. This episode was recorded shortly before London went into super cool tier two lockdown restrictions. And so Mark and Aaron, unfortunately, did not go for their delicious pint. Oh, it's so sad. Okay, thank you. Bye. Thank you, listeners. Thanks, listeners. Come uh, again. Ooh. Come again. Lovely to be back. Yes, it's lovely to be back. And uh, see you next time. See you next time. Bye, night, night, listeners. Bye. 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 Love you. Love you. <laughs> on twitter at diy cinema cult or on instagram we are diy underscore cinema underscore cult seek out the diy cinema cult group on facebook or why not email us at diy cinema cult at gmail.com follow us